What's up, guys? Welcome back to the Forgotten Jesus Podcast. Pastor, you left off with quite the cliffhanger last episode. They're in the, the first, or the only last supper, I guess. Jesus is saying, um, I'm leaving, and what, what happens next? Yeah, he tells him, I'm going to go prepare a place for yes. you, just like a bride groom would do for his bride. I'm going to prepare a place and going to add on to a room. If it wasn't so, I would tell you, right. but I'm going to come back to get you. In the same way the bride would be waiting anxiously for the bridegroom to come back, the disciples obviously are in this place, and they want to know, okay, how do we know this is going to happen? What would happen, remember from last week, if you, if you haven't heard it, you need to go back and listen, but what happened last week, what happened with the bride and the bridegroom to ensure, to make an agreement that they were going to follow through with their end of the bargain. What happened? What did they do so next? So they would be making a covenant with each other, correct? They made a covenant. Mm-hmm. We talk about blood, not not so much, but how would they make the covenant? They would drink wine, like somebody would take a sip, another. The, the bride, the groom would take the first sip, right? then he would give it to the bridegroom, and if she drank from the same glass, they were saying... We're in this thing together. together. And, I, and I said, it's way more than just an agreement or ring. Right. It was similar to, the, the reference I found was, uh, it's similar to the Deuteronomy 24, one passage, when it talks about taking a wife, when you take a wife, is the exact same terminology someone used when they went and purchased a field I talked about. Mm-hmm. Same terminology. Once you purchase a field, taking a wife to be with me in the betrothal process. Now, mm. isn't it interesting? Now, if she was 12 and a half and she's taking a sip of wine, don't you think that's a little young? Well, again, it's different. It's well, different than that. Is it's a healthier whole than water. It's yeah. not as alcoholic as our wine today. True, yeah. true, true. Okay. Yeah. Well, and it's not. Yes, and there's a big case to be made for this. And I'd I be like, take a small sip. Mm-hmm. Well, really small yes. sip. Well, you understand they didn't. <laughs> That's almost and, like letting your kids get tattoos in middle school. Yeah. Uh, well. well. <laughs> when your Moving kids on. go to Israel Guilty. and they go to Razooks, okay. you gotta get, okay. you gotta take something home with you. Okay, we'll get. Some people bring home souvenirs. <laughs> we let our kids come with. Come home with tattoos, tattoos on their little on their wrist, and it's not a big tattoo. But anyway, okay, it's a whole other discussion. But here's the point: the the wine discussion. You can right. make a strong case for wine being diluted four times compared to our wine today. And I have, we could probably do a whole podcast on this. And I have mm. studied this and looked at it. It's it's not the same kind of wine today, today. and the culture was not the right. same. Andrew, I preached mm-hmm. a whole sermon on this. The culture was not a get drunk wasted culture to. You know, drown worries away like we do in, in today's. It wasn't a crutch. Uh, it, it wasn't the same. They drank wine ceremonially. They drank wine, like you said, because the water was, was bad. Mm-hmm. That's why Paul tells Timothy, drink a little wine for your stomach. Why? Because the water in Ephesus was not purified in spring. Right. And so it, it was different. However, they did it symbolically too, Candy. Okay. So they drank of the vine. So here's the thing. When they did this for the marriage covenant, watch what Jesus is going to do right after the disciples hear these words from him. Turn with me to Luke chapter 22, and I want to show you what Jesus does. So everyone in the room, when Jesus starts talking about this, I'm going to go prepare a place for you. I'm going to come back to get you. I'm going to add on a room to the home. Uh, I'm going to bring you to be with myself. That's why he says, where I am, you will be also. That's bride, groom, language. Right. Immediately, Andrew, the antennas are up, the antenna, right. antennas are up and they're hearing this language. And then Jesus grabs a what? Cup. He grabs mm. a cup and he says, listen, 
I'm going to go prepare a place for you. I know it's going to be hard without me, but you need to know this is going to happen. Now watch what he does. Luke chapter 22, verse 20. Watch this. Read it for us. Verse 20 or verse Verse, 17. Is it 17 or 20? It says, then he took a cup. Okay, read, read that one then. And after giving thanks, he said, take this and share it among yourselves. For I tell you from now on, I will not drink of the fruit of the vine until the kingdom comes. And then he took bread and gave thanks, broke it and gave it to them and said, this is my body, which is given for you. Do this in remembrance of me. Okay, verse 20 is where I want to keep going. Here in it is. In the same way, he also took the cup after supper and said, this cup is the new covenant in my blood, which is poured out for you. But look, the hand of the one betraying me is at the table with me. For the son of man will go away as it has been determined, but woe to the man by whom he is betrayed. Okay. So they begin... No, that's good. Okay. Now, here's what he does. Notice how many cups Jesus takes here in this um, in the, in this Last Supper. You want is, to... it, is it two different cups? Yes, okay. it's two different cups. Did you catch that? Well, I just didn't. I mean, I drink out of one cup all dinner, but yep. <laughs> you asked the question, so I assumed it had to be yeah, different. Yeah. Okay. Um, yes, it's 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 two different cups. How many cups were there at the Last Supper? You want to take a guess? All together. Yes. How many cups did they drink at the Last Last Supper? Or as at the Passover, better yet. I'm just going to say three. Three. Interesting. Andrew, what are you going to go Four. With? It's four. It's four cups. Okay. Thanks. That's what I was about to say. Sorry. Four, <laughs> four cups. Okay. They're, Robert, Robert help me out no, with that one. Robert. Uh, no helping, Robert. No helping. Come on, Robert. Okay, so there are actually four cups at the Last Supper, and each cup was important because it was different. Okay, okay. each cup of the Last Supper, they had. A, you got to understand, the Passover was a big meal. This is the Passover. He's, he's celebrating with his guys. It was a big meal. They had different food. They had bitter herbs. They had um, everything was symbolic. Lamb, everything was symbolic. Yes, even the cups they drank mm-hmm. were symbolic. Okay? okay, so at Passover he had four cups. Each cup as they drank, they reminded themselves of what they came from. Okay, the first cup is from where? How do they get the cups? Do you know? Uh, it's one of the cup of sanctification. Ooh. That's exactly right. Thank you, Chad GPT. <laughs> Listen, you use the tools you got, y'all. I'm just saying. It's got, well, you well, got to give well us um, some suggestions. Okay, the first one is the cup of sanctification, <laughs> and it's basically on, it's from Exodus chapter uh, 6, verses 5 through 7 shows us this. Okay. But the first cup was God brought them out of Egypt, sanctifying. So sanctify right. means to set apart, mm-hmm. to bring out. So the first cup of the night was mm-hmm. the sanctification. Let us remember that we were once in bondage, God set us free. Wow. The second mm-hmm. cup was what? I'm not going to answer. No, Candy, let's see if Candy knows. Okay, so give me some like. The cup of. Give me some something. Del- Redemption. Close. Deliverance. Deliverance. Good there job. You go. Look at it. No banjos here. No, no chat GPT either. Uh, <laughs> The second cup was the cup of deliverance when God says, I will set you apart, bring you out, and I will free you. Mm-hmm. Right. So he frees them. So it's all different actions of God. The third cup was the cup of what? Candy. Oh, goodness. Give me a second. You just said it. You did say it. You did I say said it? it? Yes. Uh, wait, what did you I say? You said it before you said deliverance. Redemption. Uh, oh, redemption. Redemption. Yeah. Redemption is I will bless you. I will I will redeem you. I will uh, redeem you with an outstretched arm. An outstretched arm. Okay. Mm-hmm. Now, we are going to see, we, we don't see them all, but we can assume we know what cups are which by this passage. Did okay. you know this? Mm-mm. Okay. The first cup Jesus takes, it says, verse 17, then he took a cup and after giving thanks, he said, share this among you. Now, 
we don't know if this is the first cup or the second cup, but we know it's one of the four, okay? okay? Then we can deduce he takes another cup, which is what it says in verse 20, in the same way he took another cup and what? Drank it. He drank it. Uh, and he he gave it to them, and he said, "This cup is a new covenant." So he's mm-hmm. going to redefine it. And then, if we go back to verse seven, uh, verse eighteen, he says, "But I'm also going to drink another cup, but I'm not going to drink it until what?" The kingdom of God comes. Yes, that is the fourth cup, oh, wow. I think, mm-hmm. which is the cup of praise or restoration, or restoration, redemption. Yes, wow. uh, I'm a re- restoration. Yes, redemption. The other one, restoration or praise. That's the cup when God's finished work is done and we experience it once and for all. Now, right. we know Jesus won't drink that cup with us symbolically until what? Until he returns. Until he returns. So that's the fourth cup. Okay. So the okay. fourth cup, no one drinks from. No. When, until God comes back. Yes. That's, so there, are th- there are three cups. There's three cups. At, well, There's a fourth, but we don't take of it yet. Well, they, well, yeah, the four technically at the Passover, yes, but they're going to take of three, yes, technically. You're right, Candy. Candy, Thank you're you. right. Once again, every week she tries to stump. <laughs> the game is called stump. No, I really stump don't. I'm Robbie. just saying, no, it does not, honey. I promise. Uh, the fourth cup is restoration. Also means I will protect you too. Mm-hmm. This is interesting. Jesus doesn't drink of this, says he's going to drink of it then. Now, the question then becomes, what is the cup Jesus redefines? I'm going to let you choose. It can't be the first one, so that's either out. It's either the cup of deliverance or the cup of redemption. What do you think? And what what was your question? The question is, what cup does Jesus redefine with the new? He takes it and said, I want to redefine this as a new covenant. I'm going to give you a new meaning to an old practice is what he's saying, okay? I'm going to answer for you, and I'm going to tell you what it is. It what? is the cup of what? I'm leaning toward deliverance. Ooh. Um... You would think it'd be deliverance. I actually, I was leaning toward redemption. Yeah, no, that's... <laughs> um, Candy, what are you going to say? I mean, I really don't know. Okay. Um, it just says the cup is a new covenant. So it's mm. got to be something new from old. Yes. So I'm going to help you out here. It okay. is the cup of redemption. Mm. Okay. Which is exactly what Jesus is going to do. He's going to redeem them from their sins. He's going to bring them to himself through the cross, through the death, through the burial and resurrection. And basically what he does is that's what this cup is and that's why it's connected to the wedding. Why? Because what he's saying to them is this, I'm going to go ahead and keep my end of the promise. And that is your sin, your salvation was bought with a what? Price. Bought with a price. Bought with a price. Wow. Wow, hmm. and the pr- and the bride price yeah. that is going to be paid for your freedom, your redemption wow. is what my body, me. Right. There's no there are no goats in the room. Right. There are it's no his land. Blood. His blood is the price that is paid for their redemption. Now, now you understand why Paul says what? I want you to turn there. Turn with me. Um, it's First Corinthians six twenty. You're gonna love this. This is why this passage, this does not make sense if you do, this is what we do in the podcast here. We're trying to bring to light these practices and cultural um, elements that we miss. And we just read these passages, oh, you know, you, you, you a lot was paid for you. Right. Well, why was a lot paid? Because they knew the process. They knew the culture. Mm. Read first, watch this, 1 Corinthians 6.20. Andrew, you're going to love this. For you were bought at a price, so glorify God with your body. Ooh. The same thing, like, in the betrothal engagement time. Yes. Like, you've already been paid for, so honor your future husband with your body. Yeah. 
Yeah, and with Jesus, yes. Now watch the implications here. Jesus takes the cup and right. he drinks it and says, boys, look up. This is a new covenant. It's not freedom from the bondage of Egypt. It's freedom from the bondage of sin wow. once and for all so that you have a relationship with the Father. Mm-hmm. I'm going to keep my end of the bargain. He drinks the cup, and here's what he says. We're going to enter into an agreement, and you're going to drink and keep your end of the bargain, mm-hmm. which is what? what? What is their end of the bargain as a bride? What do you think? To be ready to... Uh to glorify readiness them with their and, actions. Yes, ready, ready, readiness, and to glorify. Read the passage again from Corinthians. Watch what he says. You were bought you with. Were, a, he's reminding them. Listen, you were bought with a bride price mm-hmm. from Christ. Let me remind you guys. So what? Glorify God with your body. Yeah. Yes, Jesus is saying without saying, boys, the price for your freedom is going to be paid with my body. Mm-hmm. So that changes the Christian life. Why? Golly. See, now it's not, and, and here's the thing about that bride price agreement. The disciples end of the bargain, our end of the bargain is nothing. We can't do anything. Yeah. We can't free ourselves. We can't earn God's grace. The, 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 bride, the bridegroom's doing all the work. He's building the home. He's paying the price. He's doing the work. That our response as a bride the bride of Christ, is to be ready, prepared, and glorify God in our purity while we wait for the return of Christ. And so we honor God with our body. And I just think it changes And it's everything. a trust and belief, like that he's gonna fulfill his end of the bargain. Mm-hmm. Yes. He is coming back. Yeah. Well, you know? understanding the Last Supper in context of the culture and the, the arrangement between a bride and a groom completely changes the weight of what's happening here. Yeah. Like, this is the first time I've ever heard this in my entire Christian walk. Really? Yes. Yeah. And it changes the way I will take the Lord's Supper forever. I think a lot of people, yeah, yeah so I good. think you miss that when you, right. when you misunderstand that. It's way bigger than just well, a I cup mean, and a wafer. Yeah, they, or, under, or they, in the moment, they are understanding the weight of this instantly. We are having to dig and find the weight of this. So when you, okay, so when you're, listen, you got me thinking now. So when we're remembering the Lord's Supper by remembering right. it, and we can do a whole thing about what is the Lord's Supper. Mm. When you're remembering the Lord's Supper, why does Jesus say, partake of the Lord's Supper? Do not n- neglect to partake of the Lord's Supper. And when you do that, do this in memory of me. What are you remembering? The promise that he's made that he's coming back. The promise he's made, but also what? The price he paid. The, the pr- price he paid. Right but the promise and, and, and your end of the agreement yeah, as well. That's good. I, it's a covenant. I, your, it's a, co- a covenant. Yeah. Yes, it's a covenant. I don't know how we can take the Lord's Supper again as a church without Even teaching understand this. understand this? Hmm, wow. Yeah, and here's, here's why it's edifying for Christians and those mm-hmm. who are saying, what does this mean to me? It's encouraging on three in three areas. Number one is this. He made a promise to us that he will return. Right. How many times, how many, how many, how many people in our life have made false promises to us, let us down, yeah. you, you know, said they were going to do things and they didn't follow Even with through. the best of intentions, yes, we are going to let people down. Yes. I will let people down with the best of intentions. Yeah. Right. Yeah. And, don't, and don't let the duration of time between Jesus' first and second coming discourage you right. from the fact that he is coming back. And right. people always say, well, why don't he come back sooner? Why don't he come back now? You know, oh, and, and my response is, I'm thankful he didn't come back 21 years right, ago. Right, exactly, before you knew Jesus. Because exactly. I wouldn't be in. Right. 
Well, and his kindness leads to repentance. His long suffering is allowing more people to to know him. Yeah. And if we're honest, a lot of people are like, Lord, come back. And they want to escape the world we're living in. Correct. But they're not experiencing the world God has for us here and now. Yeah. It's not just the promise of eternity. He has something for us right here, right now as well. Yeah, and that's a whole misunderstanding of salvation. If right. salvation was only about getting you to heaven, right? I made after you die. Check me out. No, what in the hair? Yeah, we exactly. It. If it was only about getting you to heaven after you die, why are you not ejected from this earth the moment you repent and believe and are born again? Because you could be like spiritual bottle rockets going one after every yeah. every day. People just shooting up to heaven. The point is, he leaves you on earth because there's a reason for that. Right. He has a purpose and a plan for your life. So the first thing is the promise that he's going to return. Number two, he gave us a place to look forward to, heaven, mm-hmm. and he gave us a person to walk with us in the meantime, Jesus, wow. the Holy Spirit. So that's the promise for all of us. And so that's what's happening in this text. What Jesus is doing is, Jesus is showing us that, hey, in in a very heightened way, it's just like the betrothal process. Now let's go back to Luke 1 and we'll put a a period on the betrothal process and we'll continue on. But let's go back to Luke chapter 1. And now we see what it means to be engaged. This is way bigger than just ending it, you know, quietly. In fact, if you ended a betrothal, guess how you ended it? Just like like a divorce, like you... Through the court. Yeah, through the court and everything. Publicly, in mm-hmm. front of everyone, which is why it says when Joseph finds out Mary's pregnant, he remember what he says? Do it. He wanted to quietly right. do it. Okay? And was that to honor her or to not be disgraced himself? I mean, we're assuming he's a righteous, think, good guy, you know, but yeah. I don't, I mean, I don't know what his intentions are here. Uh, it could be both. Right. Maybe. I felt like maybe it told us that. Okay, let's see. We're going to get to that. Remember. All right, let's keep reading. A man named Joseph of the house of David. What, what verse are we in? Uh, we're in the virgin's name was Mary, verse 28. And the angel came to her and said, greetings, favored woman, the Lord is with you. Okay, we're going to stop here and we're going to give you a homework assignment Ooh, because okay. this is going to be, this is, this is something I was taught growing up in a different religion that I think is different than what the Bible's actually teaching. And it's a misunderstanding of the concept of favored one. Okay. Okay. Mm. Because depending on, yeah, and he knows where we're going here. Depending on how you translate favored one or the favor of God determines how you view Mary. Right. And the point I'm going to make here is what's at stake. And, And let me just say, full disclaimer, I'm not minimizing Mary as a person, I'm not saying I'm not saying we should think any less of Mary of what she did, but the case I'm going to make for you in our study of Mary is that Mary was not different than a lot of us or a lot of you who are listening as a 12 and a half, 14, 15 year old girl. Right. What made Mary special is not who Mary was as much as who Mary worshipped. And when we understand the word favored, what does it mean to be favored by God? Now, it's a little confusing because it says, greetings, favored one, the Lord is with you, okay? So we think, in a sense, and I'll give you a clue, we think that favor, Mary's favored because of something she did. Mm-hmm. Right. Now, that's just the way we think about life, yeah. Western world. Yeah, you have a favorite yeah. friend, now you, we do something to earn something. Right. That I mean, I know it's think. like on your arm, you have the name of your kids. Right. You have a favorite son. I do. Yeah. Which one? I don't know. I'm asking you. Which is your favorite? I have a favorite. No, you don't. Do, do you have a favorite daughter, Robert? No. 
I mean, I have a favorite son. I don't want to say who it is. But <laughs> I'll play it. I'll play it. Look at Candy. Listen, she, the boys. I, I like to mess with her about this, by the way. The boys and tell you that says, all the time. Who's your favorite? But the boys are always asking me. I don't know mm-hmm. if your kids always ask you. Who's yeah. your favorite? Tell us who's your favorite. Right. I'm going to give you an answer to that. My, you, mom always, this? my mom has always told me I'm her favorite middle son. Because you're the only middle I'm the son. I'm the only middle, the only middle son. son. Well, yeah. So Rig always says... You know, he, they always ask me that. And then I'm like, listen, I've always said my my heart has two sides. I have I have room for both of you. Yeah, what about and me? And then Rig says mm-hmm. to me, Does well, why don't sides? you just say, anytime one of us asks that, you're one of my top two. And I said, that's a great answer. <laughs> one of my top two. <laughs> so, so now whenever they say, the am I your favorite son? I'm like, yo, you're one of the top two. You're the top two. <laughs> no, I like to tell him straight up. Right now, you're my favorite son. The other one, he's in the dark. He's out. That's not true, though. We don't participate in favoritism. Moving on. Spoken from the word of a true mother. Moving on. Who's God's favorite son? Does God have a favorite? In this room? No, I mean in oh. general, in the Bible. Does God say, you're, you're my favorite son? You're my son? beloved. Mm. He does have a beloved son right. that he loves. And here's what's cool. When you put your faith and trust in Jesus, you're beloved by God. Because We're the joint father, heirs. Yes, when the father you sees go. you, he sees his son. Uh, the righteousness of a son. Okay, homework assignment. What does it mean to be favored by God? And if you want to take it for extra credit, you can go ahead like I did and find all of the way, all of the times the Bible says you are favored. You are favored by God. And then we'll come up next week and figure out what does it mean to be favored. And I think we're going to come to the place to see what's at stake here with knowing Mary's favorite, or let's take it to the the logical end of what the Catholic Church has done. Mary is the co-redemptress with Christ, meaning she's co-redeemer, which is the the theology. You're you're saying this is what the Catholic Catholic Church Church believes. believes, Yeah, and and again, I was raised Catholic, so I studied all this and and knew that. She's the co-redemptress with Christ, meaning she's Mm -hmm. co-redeemer. She's a perpetual virgin, which we'll study that as well. And that's how you get there with a, I think, misunderstanding of this word favored, which I'll give you a hint. The root word there goes back to charis, which is the word grace. Mm, Favor and grace are synonymous. So that's the homework assignment. You just did the homework for us. Okay. No, I didn't do the homework for you. You got to find the passages. (laughs) All right. Well, listen, we are excited uh, that you guys get to discuss this in your group. Remember, you can find all of those questions and the discussion guide found in the show notes. So wherever you listen to this podcast, Simply click on the link. You'll find the show notes and the discussion guides there. And also follow along with us on social media at The Forgotten Jesus on Instagram. And from time to time, people ask us for a great resource. Uh, You may not have known this, but The Forgotten Jesus podcast is actually kind of a branch off of the book you wrote, Pastor, called The Forgotten Jesus. You can also find that on Amazon. Great resource to understand some of this and do some homework on your own. All right, Pastor, thank you so much. Candy, thank you. And we'll see you on the next episode.